Welcome back to the DC Freecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. I thought the three of us were getting uh, matching Joker face tattoos today, but since I'm the only one who saw Suicide Squad, I guess I'm alone in my face tattoo as well. So I next... still got the tattoo. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, Zach? Mine's not on my face, but... Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Zach, Zach is the best. Zach, Zach is the best. Be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, like one minute into the show, not even, and he's already stealing it, so... This is, this is what happens to us on the reg. Um, we will eventually talk about Suicide Squad. It won't be this week. Um, I will say, though, that... Uh, no, I'm not going to say anything, actually. <laughs> it's a trip, guys. It's a real trip. Um, as I drop stuff all over my desk. Um, but let's get into this week's Rebirth titles. we got a lot to talk about. we got nine books to talk about this week. Uh, let's start with All-Star Batman number one, written by Scott Snyder, our old pal, Illustrated by John Romita Jr. and Declan Shalvey. Um, not holding the line at two ninety nine. if you notice. This is a four ninety nine comic. It does have a backup. It is probably the biggest profile creators they have on a book, but still, that's it's quite a lot for a not, not all that much longer comic. Um, but I will say this: uh, this is a very good comic book. I concur. This is a much better comic than I anticipated, and that's no offense to Snyder. Uh, I just think that we saw... We probably saw the worst John Romita art we've seen in a long time when he was on Superman, especially towards the end of his Superman run. It just seemed very rushed and not very uh, good, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And uh, the cover of this is absolutely atrocious, but everything in the interiors... Ramita does a really nice job with this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed vis- I enjoyed it visually quite a bit. Um, yeah, what yeah. do you what do you guys think? The whole art team, really. I mean, I mean, and, and this is not to to kick uh, John Ramita aside, but the whole art team, the colors. Oh my god! Like, when's the last time a Batman book? Well, I guess uh, it reminded me a lot of Zero Year. Yeah, I can see colors. that. colors, you know, there's a lot of, um, like, see, pinks and reds and oranges. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what were yeah. you going to say, Zach? Oh, I, I was just checking to see who the colorist was. I wasn't sure. Dean uh, White did the main part, and Jordy Belair did the backup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which we'll talk about the backup separately, I think. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, what, we, what we got is a, a Batman book that doesn't really look like any Batman book we've seen since the new 52. Um, and then, and then, yeah, the bet, the best that John Romita has looked in years, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Like I'm trying to think when I, the last time and not just, not just his line work, which I think is pretty stellar in this comic, particularly the way that he renders, um, two face in particular is such a cool take on two face. Um, but, uh, everything. And then also his like layouts, you know, like, like the, the panels are just interesting. They're like bursting with detail and, and, and some of the designs are really weird. Like his designs for, um, Firefly and, and Killer Moth or that's who they were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just really cool design work and just really like, can kinetic um 
action and there's a lot of action and man i was really impressed yeah this is all really good um man i like dean white so much i've been a big fan of his um since he uh he did he colored jerome pena on dark angel saga in uncanny Mm x-force and like yeah, ever since then, I've really liked him. And and honestly, I think, you know, Vince, you mentioned, like, the last time I, like, in thought, like, I really enjoyed s- some Romita work, and it was, oddly enough, like, it was the, um, the Bendis Avengers right after Siege, that, like, first arc. Yeah. Romita and Dean White on colors. Yeah. And I think, like, the I... Infinity I, Gauntlet or... Yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet one, and, like... This I think looks even better than that. Like this is just, you know, the the level of detail here is just incredible. Um, like, I, I don't know everything. You know, all of the qualms I feel like I've had with Romita's art recently, like, you know, like anatomy things like that, just like basic stuff like that. Like it's all top notch. And then from like a story perspective too, you know, I'm. I I never disliked Snyder's Batman, but like there are definitely times when I thought it was maybe a little overrated. Um, but this is some really strong stuff. I like this a lot. Yeah, it's amazing how much the tone of the story changes when you don't have it in Gotham. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen Batman outside of Gotham in a really long time. That's a uh, that's something I, I think was was pretty brilliant on Snyder's part. Just to give it a different look and a different uh, feel. Um, are we going to talk about the twist at the end of the main story? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're we are a spoilers show, my friends. Uh, do you mean the bit with Alfred? Yeah, with Alfred. With Alfred. The Ringo bit, yeah. <laughs> well, a bit with Ringo. Just a bit. Of, just a bit of drumming at the end. I just want to say. I'm so sorry I had to do it. I got blisters on my fingers. Gentleman ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let, let's talk about the Alfred thing. So the the story kind of begins, the story is told in a somewhat non-linear way, but we see that uh, Harvey Dent, not Two-Face, but Harvey Dent wants Bruce to take him out to a house um, do they establish what the house is? Is it his old house? Is it the house he became Two Face in? Did they ever really say that? No, I don't actually know if they said. It's just kind of. I mean, for correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just kind of intimated that that is where it began. It began, and that is where he'd have to take him. It's kind of a comic booky thing. Oh, it's it's a, it's total MacGuffin. Yeah, that's just... where they have to take him if they want to save him. Yeah. And right. so they're going to take him, and they're going to, uh, you know, essentially, it seems, burn him alive to, like, burn the the Two-Face out of him. That's at least, that's the implication they're given. Now, that tends to go against everything Bruce stands for, so I don't think they're really going to burn him to death, but you understand what we're going for here, readers. But so, um, but Two-Face makes an announcement that basically says, if anyone can take down Batman, he will give them you know, money beyond their wildest dreams. And so Batman is on the run to to get him to this house, but everybody is gunning for him. In addition, 
Um, what's what's the exact bit he says? Um, that if he gets if he gets there, um, every every secret in Gotham essentially gets told. That that you know that Two Face has access to to everybody's secrets, and if they get to this house, all those secrets get revealed. And we see the Batwing, not the character, but the plane, get shot down out of the sky at some point. And we find that at the end of the book that it was uh, it was Alfred that shot him out of the sky. Um, that seems like a silly twist, but I could see a couple of ways around it. Uh, I could see Alfred saying that you know, the people of Gotham don't deserve to have their secrets told. I could see Alfred having some secret he doesn't want Bruce to know. Uh, what did you guys take for Alfred's motivation, or did you not even think about that? Yeah, I immediately thought of the latter, but I like the former better. I feel like that's more in line with his character. He uh, he clearly wants the uh, money that Two Face is. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce just isn't paying enough. I need the scratch, Bruce. Julia's apartment isn't cheap. <laughs> Who's Julia? His daughter? I know. She just hasn't been in rebirth, I don't think. Uh wasn't no that that's that's pre rebirth, yeah. Couldn't decide if that was Ringo's daughter or, <laughs> or Alfred's daughter. The one of the same, Vincy. <laughs> we are a dumb show. Um, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's, uh, and then as I alluded to earlier, Gentleman Ghost is there too, just hanging yeah. out in the back of the, uh, the truck yeah, that Batman. that was my favorite part <laughs> of the entire, it really was, I, I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> it's getting real. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, are we ready to move on to the backup? Yeah. 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 Uh, Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair do incredible work on this backup. We see Bruce um, training Duke, and his um, his methods for training him are are pretty unusual. Uh, we see that there's this um, this methodology called the cursed wheel. Well, the, the, the cursed wheel is the name of the arc. Does he ever call it that, or just call it the wheel? In the, I think uh, he calls it the cursed wheel. I, it I is, yeah. Cursed, the cursed, the wheel. cursed wheel. Cursed wheel. The cursed wheel. It's the cursed wheel, Bruce. There are times it's I wish I never taught you what I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so what this wheel does, it, it's it's kind of like the color wheel in that um, it's it, – so Bruce creates this condensed version of his training and uh, – if you look at the people who have been through the training, they tend to lean towards the color that they wear, which is a little bit silly. Um, like Dick leans blue, Damian green, Barbara purple. But I, I guess there's, you know, it's supposed to make you realize that there's more to these these characters than maybe they're, they're letting on in terms of their psychology and how closely tied in they are with Batman and all this, but... But it works. The even even for a kind of silly premise, the 
the backup works for me at least. What do you guys think? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought the art was terrific. Um, you know, I'm wondering if, oh, also the Batman animated series, Batmobile is in there. Um, <laughs> do you think that, like, you know, we've been talking a lot with, like, King's Batman about how Duke has, like, done absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. almost, like, laughably so. <laughs> do you think Snyder, like, put, like, a, like, moratorium on on Duke usage until he could, like, bring him out in All-Star? I maybe but like but then they kind of dropped the ball beforehand because they made it seem like duke was going to be like the co- not the co-lead but like a, a significant part of batman well so yeah. see, now i'm saying like now i'm kind of wondering like since snyder co-wrote that rebirth issue if that was like like almost like a dual you know that was like a that really was basically just like snyder and king sharing an issue yeah know? You know, it wouldn't surprise me if you were right, Zach, but I still think they should have figured out something for him to do aside from being oh, the computer jockey. I know? totally agree. But... Wait, guys, he flirted with Gotham Girl in hey, a time of need. Come on, he we did already, something. He was already a shoulder co- to cry on. We already covered the fact that he was ready to satisfy her sexual desires <laughs> with Gusto uh, in her time of need. Let's let's not visit that uncomfortable moment again. Chew some ice, Master Duke. <laughs> Is that really what he said? No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> okay. God. He did say something like take a shower though, didn't he? <laughs> I can see a boner in your pants, lad. Oh my god. I can't. <laughs> Cold shower takes care of the cowl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's start this episode over. <laughs> uh. God. Alright. Okay, okay, okay. Uh so the Shelby backup. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. The art is, I mean, I would I would love nothing more than for Shalvi to take a Duke solo series, illustration wise, oh, yeah. but you know, that's not gonna happen probably anytime soon. Yeah, and I think the color wheel, okay, so the Cursed Wheel is uh, fascinating in that way that, like, Batman having a giant penny in his Batcave is fascinating. Like, like it's clearly wacky and, and, and borderline uh, psychopathic behavior to, <laughs> to have some of the stuff that he has in his Batcave, you know? Mm-hmm. And this feels to me like the Batman... Uh, version of like a big wall with a map on it and like tons of pins and and string tying all the pins together you know right to prove that uh, uh, Bush did 9-11 you know (laughs) or whatever but uh, but that you know in that way fuel can't melt steel beams master Bruce (laughs) controlled demolition Controlled Demolition is uh, is the new uh, Dan Jurgens Superman uh, villain that's going to come after Doomsday. <laughs> um, anyway. That's a loose change, Superman. <laughs> Christ. Oh, anyway. Off no, the rails I, tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love 
love, love the the weirdness of the cursed wheel, and then how the how the backup ends. That final panel is like the it's the, it's the creepiest ass thing that's happened at DC in like five years. Like <laughs> I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was creepy. I don't know if it was uh, forced incontinence creepy. (laughs) We are a... uh, We're we're a show without a rudder tonight, guys. <laughs> That's okay. No, it was it was a creepy ending, certainly. Um, it's a uh, it's a good comic, guys. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It was really good. It was really good. Ten out of ten. Costumes were great. Costumes oh, the great. costumes were fucking beautiful. <laughs> and uh, in all seriousness, Duke's costume is a great design. It is really cool. Yeah. I wish he costume. had a name. What's his name? I need to know. So, do you guys want to hear my theory about this? Yeah. My theory about this is that every couple of years, DC has been giving us a replacement Batman. Oh. And that he's going to be taking over the mantle of Batman in the second year of King's book. Okay. Issue issue 22. Issue 22 is when that starts, yeah. (laughs) I love how that's going to be a running joke on our podcast, too. Yeah. Issue 22 is where the big, big stuff happens. But that's why they're not calling him anything. I think you are as right as Zach is about the comedian being in Suicide Squad. Okay. Which is to say, dead on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, pull Pirate and Pulp. Pull. I'm pulling pull. real hard. Yeah. It's, you know what? Uh, this is something I wanted to say. It's this first issue is already more interesting than, like, most of Snyder's New 52 work, I think. Yeah. Like, I, 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 was, I was totally all in with the Court of Owls stuff right from the beginning, but I've, I've not been shy about saying how up and down I've been with Snyder along the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, same. What I'll say is this, too. They, they, we didn't talk about it. Bruce did something I think is great in this issue, which is he throws the coin out the window into a cornfield. <laughs> and that that image is just one that really worked for me. I don't know what it was about it. it just There were a lot of little things like that in this issue that I felt were yeah. just, this is the work of somebody who really knows what he's doing with that, with that character, to me, yeah. personally. Yeah. You know, just, he knows who Bruce is, and he knows how to how to show him doing things that that even though we've never really seen before, makes sense for the character. Yeah, I mean, it's it's using iconic imagery in new ways after, you know, almost 100 years of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job, Scott. Good on you. All right, next up, Deathstroke Rebirth number one. Written by Christopher Priest, illustrated by Carlos Pagulayan. Pagulayan? Pagulayan? I never know how to pronounce that. Um, 
this was uh, this was very different than I thought it was going to be. Let's I put didn't it that way. feel um, educated enough <laughs> to get everything that I feel like he was trying to do. Like, there was a lot of political stuff and, like, cultural and socio-economical, and that's that's just not my area of expertise, and I felt... Like I, I felt like a big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. There was a <clears throat> lot of like political double crossing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And unless you're really paying attention, I actually went back and I reread certain sections because I wanted to make sure I was following it correctly. Um, the issue does the thing that I don't really like when they do it with Deathstroke recently. Which is like, first of all, this is the problem with having a Deathstroke comic, is that no matter how good the comic is, they're never going to make him a pure villain. And one of the best things about Deathstroke as the Teen Titans villain back in the day was that you rooted for him because he was so good at being a villain. You didn't root for him because he had a heart. He was just, I mean, he was Deathstroke the the Terminator. That was his title. He was just this, he was the, the hardest dude there was. And I feel like this... So hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going down that path again. Second book. Um, the uh, But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like this uh, this issue tries to make him a bit too moral for my tastes. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, I don't know. He seemed... He was a pretty big jerk. Yeah, I didn't get that as much. I mean, I think I I see what you're saying because he kind of acts hard for like three fourths of the issue, and then sort of has the the turn towards the end. Where, yeah, exactly. You the know, call to the light. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that a lot of that is out of like self preservation, and um, I feel like Priest did it in a way where it doesn't the important thing is to to make sure that the motivations for deathstroke still make sense mm-hmm. and i think they do does that um, does that make sense sure yeah yeah like i said i um there were parts of this issue i thought were great i really liked the stuff with slade as a young man with his sons i thought that stuff was uh, that stuff was as cold as you would like that character to be I like that they referred to his, uh, like, they're happy he has gray hair again. That was a nice little uh, poke at the uh, the last Deathstroke series. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I read that and I was like, I didn't even remember that that happened until I read that mm-hmm. again. Uh, I think the art was pretty great, uniformly throughout. I enjoyed yeah. it. I agree. He came over... Uh, Peggy Land for um, Convergence, right? Isn't that when yes. he came over from Marvel? He did yeah. Convergence, yeah. yeah. I think he did a few other things before that, maybe, here and there, but mm. let's check the good old comicsology. But, you know, I, I think with, with something like Convergence, you're having to do a lot of styles at once, 
Whereas here he was able to just kind of lock down something a little bit more uh, concrete. And I thought he did a good job with it. You know, overall, I, I'm intrigued to keep reading the series, but I hope that the series brings Deathstroke a little bit back into the DC universe. That's my other problem with I feel like all the Deathstroke books that have come out recently is that he's constantly doing his own thing and he's not interacting with the the DC characters. And I think he's such a good character to be a part of that. I don't know why you'd want to take him away from that. Yeah. I did I did like the on that note, I liked the inclusion of Clock King. Yeah, he was really cool, actually. I liked the whole the whole thing about him being like seven seconds out of phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, there were a lot Deathstroke isn't or at least the Deathstroke books I've read have never been like a heady read. Or is this very much like was that? Which I thought, you know, was very interesting. Yeah, I, um, it sounds like all of us liked it but don't have a ton to say about it. Is that fair? Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't have too much to say about it. I, it's you know the thing is is that Deathstroke is so hard to to create a book for because you're never supposed to like him, you know, like you're not supposed to think oh he's he's good, you know, <laughs> Deathstroke is good now, you know. Um, but you can't you can't just write a book with him as a total villain because i guess that's just not the way things work anymore like they don't do books like that anymore no nobody really does right no they're all anti-heroes now yeah yeah so it's just not the way of things and that you know it might not ever be 100% for me because when i think of deathstroke i think of him as a teen titans villain and that's it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, if this is not going to be that, I, I, you know, shame on me. But I, I it's not going to be my ideal Deathstroke. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of people that like this character. And he's in Christopher Priest's hands, which, after one issue, looks like a really great idea. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if I'm going to be. I mean, until until Priest gets it going, and and we see where it goes. I don't know if I'm. It's gonna be like my must read mm-hmm. type of book. I'm gonna pull it for now, and I'm gonna see what happens in a few weeks and make my decision. It's it's going twice a month, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those that's not. It's a very good question. I wish there was an easy designator like on the cover to tell you that. Uh huh. Um. But there's not. Yeah, that would have been smart. DC. I'm trying to look in like the uh, an older issue here to see if there's a checklist that'll tell me the answer to this or not. Let's see. Well, regardless, what what I was gonna say was I, I feel like it's um one of the things that the book has going for it is that it's giving us this really interesting 
little bit unusual take on the character, but we also have no idea what the monthly series has in store. Yeah, Deathstroke is a double shipper. Okay, so you know, at least according to the initial announcement, which yeah. I assume still stands. So then, you know, I guess in a in a month, I'll have a better read, read on this book. I'll know if I'm gonna continue pulling it or if it's just gonna be one of maybe a trade weight or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it was certainly, I would say, it's one of the rebirth books that felt the most unique. Felt yeah. the least like it was trying to fit in. I guess because there's not that much to to course correct with Deathstroke. Like, there are certain books that really felt like a, a, a real attempt to course correct and to do something that felt different than what was being done the last couple of years, but I don't think they felt that way with Deathstroke. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it's clear that with Deathstroke, they were just looking to get, first of all, get Christopher Priest in-house, right? Yep. And then, second of all, Maybe to get a little bit more, I don't want to say current eventy, but like political. Yeah. You know, like, like kind of frame it in some sort of current event zeitgeist, um, which is something that Priest is really good at. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, uh, pull pirate and pulp. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it for now. I'm gonna pull it, but I'm not like head over heels yet okay it's 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 good though it's really good Zach? yeah i think i'm in the same boat like i'm really intrigued by it but i'm also just kind of a little lost or i don't feel like i have like a really solid feel for it yet it's going to take a couple issues that's fair <laughs> that brings us to superwoman number one written and illustrated by phil jimenez um Guys, I love this book. Could this have been a, a more delightful surprise? <laughs> uh, no, it was amazing. It was. It's. It's so good. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna best, have best single issue of Rebirth. Oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. It's. It's I, in. It's in the top five. I'd say. Oh yeah, probably even maybe even the top three. Well, was this a Rebirth? issue no it's not it's it's, it's not. Okay. because they only did rebirth issues for books that were relaunching uh-huh okay that makes sense except for like the green lantern books had them yeah um whatever but no, yeah this was really good the only fault i had with it is it was a little wordy at times yeah but there's a couple of things here first of all jimenez is an artist first a writer second and i feel like a lot of times uh people who come to writing later in their careers tend to be a little bit wordier mm -hmm. because they're trying to overcompensate for what they feel is maybe their strength. You know, they feel like they're such, at least I've noticed this in a number of books. Like, you know, if it's a book that's written by an artist, they feel like they need to justify they're doing both parts of it. So they overwrite a little bit. Um, but this issue had, I mean, it had just about everything you could want out of it. I think it hid the twist really well the the the, the lana having superpowers yeah i agree well i i thought this whole thing was not necessarily in a bad way but like it kind of just like starts like all in you know like oh lois has superpowers like like i think if you know this hadn't really been discussed in any other book beforehand i don't 
I don't think, you know, like, I don't, like, if you hadn't been following, like, press stuff or, like, solicitations prior to this, I, I don't, I just thought it was, like, very matter of fact about the fact that Lois was Superwoman, you know? Yeah. In a great way. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, not in a bad way. It just kind of, like, begins. And in, like, some ways I thought that was kind of refreshing because we didn't get, you know, like, ten pages of you know, oh, who's Superwoman? No, no, no. Which, like, kind of in a way we did, but it was the other, you know, it was Lana. Um, yeah. Which was just, oh, awesome. Yeah, it really was. So well handled. <clears throat> and and she's red, electric Superman. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that image is on the cover, I never, I don't know if I didn't notice it, or if I didn't pay enough attention to it or whatever, but I was legitimately surprised with that reveal. Yeah, I, I like really, yeah, I hadn't really paid any attention to it either until Vince said something about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally didn't notice, period, until that preview came out on Sunday night or Monday or whenever it was. Uh-huh. And then I pulled up the four page preview, which I don't even usually I don't even usually look at those guys. <laughs> but I looked at this one because I've been so Only the ones posted at multiversitycomics.com, of course. Right. Yes, of course. But I was I've been so like thirsty for Superwoman that I I wanted to see it really badly. And I pulled it up and I had it on my on my big screen, you know, it's like Usually, I've only seen that cover like in a little thumbnail, you know. Right. I pulled it up on my laptop screen, and I'm like, "Holy shit! <laughs> Is that Lana as Red Electric Superman? It's right there, you know." And uh, I'm sorry if I spoiled anything for you guys because I, no, I had already read it by that point. Okay. Well, I didn't mean. I just. I was like, "Am I seeing this?" And nobody. I've heard nobody talk. Like, is this common knowledge? And I just don't know. You know, um, I I think it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And then the way that it ended is legitimately surprising too. Well, let, let, let's talk about that ending. Do you guys think that Lois is really dead? Well, no. It's I always assume super dickery in in these situations. I mean, that would be a pretty huge twist if they were telling us this is a Lois Lane book. And Lois Lane is killed in the first issue, and it's a lot of Lang book. Yeah, it would be. Or even, you know, even if they didn't t- take it that far, if it's just that she loses her powers or something, you know, they they reverse whatever happened to her, but the real Superwoman is Lana. Right. I don't know. You know what this reminded me of in a lot of ways? This reminded me of a Firestorm book in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, um, like good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and actually, that led me to the thought that do you think the way that they're gonna have to save Lois's life is to have them merge? Oh, I hope not. I don't know because this is a very like unsustainable status quo. I feel like like I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't want it to. Like I, if we get fifty issues of this book right here with these <laughs> two, that'd be great. And did you guys hear who the other artist on it is? No. So it's a monthly book. The fir- it's going to be two issues on, two issues off for Jimenez. The other one is uh, Emmanuel Lupacino. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. Who's, who's great. 
And mm-hmm. so I think that, that that'll be a really interesting pairing. Oh, yeah. You know uh, what? No. I, ho- I hope month to month we have no idea what's going on in this book. Like, I don't, I don't want to know before I read the next issue whether she's going to be okay or not. Yeah. I, I hope they don't spoil it for us somehow. I uh, My fear with this is that this is one of those books that's solicited as an ongoing but as like a six-issue book Ugh. or an eight-issue book. I'm hoping not, and I, and you know, listeners out there, if you trust our opinions at all, go buy this book, support yeah. the book with your dollars because it's one of the best ones out there, and we want to see it keep going. I would almost say if you buy any super book, Ooh. make it this one. Oh, that's a, that's a tough call. That's I, strong, I, but I'm I'm going with it because, like, I mean, as much as I love the Tomasi one, like this one just feels really fresh and different. I don't know how I'll feel when we get Supergirl and I know that's the wild card. And it is the next one week. It is it next week? No, is it? Supergirl rebirth next week. Are you sure? I thought it was September. I'm sure. According to uh, unless I believe unless got, you unless it got kicked back, but according to comiclist.com, it's next week. Wow, okay. He's, he's correct. Okay. With Emmanuel Lupino art. Yeah. Yeah, she is she is doing both Supergirl and Superwoman, which is great also. Mm-hmm. Um, I read an interview with Phil Jimenez today, because after I read this issue, I was kind of doing some digging around, and he said that he pitched an idea that might happen next year, which would be an arc of this where it's Superwoman, Batwoman, and Wonder Woman together. And that's right in my sweet spot. Oh. Oh. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm now I'm also like imagining like like a Marvel-esque scenario where like, you know, a year two years from now we have the Trinity of Duke as Batman, Lois as Superwoman and I don't know some other replacement Wonder Woman. Yeah, a male Wonder Woman. <laughs> Steve Trevor. Yeah, yes. Steve Trevor is Wonder Woman. Yes, uh, Mr. Man. <laughs> what I was going to say is that uh, how great would it be if this led to? I thought what I thought you were going to say, Zach, was that leans like an A force in the DC universe of like a female Justice League. Ooh, well, you know what? We could almost have like a Super League at this point. I know we didn't really get Super League when we had Super League, but now how many? <laughs> so we've got Superman, right? We got Lex, John, two Superwomen, Supergirl, Supergirl, Steel, Cyborg Superman, Cyborg the, Superman, the Eradicator, maybe Crypto if he's still alive inside there. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's it's Eradicator joins the team. He's being controlled by Crypto. Crypto's burst from his chest. So he's Krang. Yes, he's Krang. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then I guess we could also throw. I'm sure Superboy's gonna be around soon. You think so? Isn't he in Teen Titans? I don't think so. No, I don't, you're right. I don't think yeah, he I don't is. Think so I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> I, I think we'll see him sooner than later, though. They can't keep him on the shelf too long. Especially oh, if the rumors of him being in Supergirl next season 
is correct. Well, but isn't John kind of like Superboy now? I guess so. All right. Point taken. Although, I mean, if you can have two super women and a super girl, I don't know why you can't have two super boys. For the, you know, how many supermen did we? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. This was good. This is great. I'm pulling it. Yeah, me too. I'm pulling it as hard as, wow, three pulls yeah. today. Yeah. Good on DC for these new books. Yeah. We're about to take a, tar- a sharp turn into sh- sharp turn into shit villain unfortunately are we though are we i'm kidding i'm kidding now there's a couple of less than stellar installments here but let's just quickly run through uh hal jordan and the green lantern core number two um this was um cheesy dialogue slash cheesy uh, this was fine this was fine this is a perfectly fine green lantern book through battle and bravery they fought their way home they are Green Lanterns. It is what they do. Well, it is. The narrator's not wrong. That is what they do, and that is what they did. Yeah. Maybe it's a little dramatic, but, I mean, you had fought your way out of an alternate timeline universe before the Big Bang and rode around on a giant sentient planet and had a cool magic ring. You know, maybe you'd be dramatic, too. It's no cheesier than the Green Lantern Oath itself. Much like uh, Ivanka Trump, if I was in this situation, I'd be strong enough to not have let Cullen Bunn write me. And so I wouldn't be in this situation. Uh, You know, were she not my daughter, I might be dating her. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's leave that that alone. (laughs) But, you know, this is – I'm just profoundly bored with the Green Lantern books. I liked this book a lot. I thought the art was really good. Um and it's i think this is probably the the best the like hal centric green lantern has been since john's left i feel pretty safe in saying that i Isn't think that kind right. of like being the world's tallest midget though yeah well maybe uh i don't think that's the right uh it's a, it's an expression okay uh, anyway, I yes. We apologize to anyone who may have been offended by yes, that. Yes, uh, I was referring to the you know the idiom. No, you're an idiom, all right. Uh, I knew that was coming too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zach, I agree with you, but Brian, I also agree with you. That's not saying very much. Um, thing is, is that I've I've upgraded this book from being bad <laughs> to being. Perfectly acceptable if you have to read one Green Lantern book. Like, if you can't live without Green Lantern, this isn't bad. It's Cromulent. Not doing anything. I think it's slightly above Cromulent. It's definitely better than one of the other books we're about to talk about. All right. Well, we'll agree to disagree there. And then when you (laughs) trash New Superman, I'm going to come back with the. I didn't say any. I didn't say which book I was talking about. Okay. Could have been talking about. We know what you're talking Red about. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Ah. I like that better than New Superman this week, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> let's uh let's just finish off Green Lantern here. I, I guess I'm still pirating this book, but I'm pretty close to pulping it. Hey, you know what? I'm pulling this book. Oh he's hot pulling. Take. Hot take. 
Hot take. <laughs> Zach with the irresponsible poll. <laughs> this is a fine book. <laughs> it's <sighs> fine. It's fine. It's perfectly pullable. The art is good. <laughs> the art is really good. The art, the art is good. The art is really good. The costumes are great. The art is good, etc. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, New Superman number two, written by Gene Yang, illustrated by Victor Bogdanovic. Um, I know Vince likes this book. I I actually love this book. I think this I think this issue is better than l- the last issue. I think Keenan Kong is funny. Um I am rooting for him. Screw both of you. Uh I think the new I think the Chinese Justice League is awesome. I I I'm I'm in. I'm all in on this. I'm pulling this. I'm not I'm not trying to be petulant or anything, but I disagree with everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's my problem with this book, okay? I feel like they've created in Keenan they've created its character that is a dick eighty five percent of the time. Then it gets put in the situation where literally anyone in the world would not be a dick. He's not a dick, and we we we're supposed to celebrate him for that. And like celebrate, I do. But like everybody in the situation, if they were in a situation where they were with a small child whose parent was being held hostage, of course you would try and help. And he has the abilities to do so. And so we're supposed to be like, wow, what a hero. No, literally anybody would do that. And it took him longer to do it than it should have. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't care are, about this character. There are people like that. And, and they deserve a story too. I don't think they deserve a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you know I, I like the art in this book. I love the idea of the Chinese Justice League. I uh, it just it just isn't doing it for me. I was so excited for this book before it came out, and this issue was certainly better than last. There were a couple of things I liked in the book, but overall, I, I found it really underwhelming. Like him, just like irresponsibly revealing himself to the oh you mean the end of iron oh, man you... oh yeah no no this was different this, this is, is exactly oh, no. the end of iron man movie <laughs> yep yep <laughs> in iron man he did it for a burger king cheeseburger here he's doing it for a uh a, a cute lady at least it's the end of iron man <laughs> <laughs> well iron man was very good so it was very good but so... it Kiss my curvy butt. Yeah. There wasn't Man, enough John wait. Favreau in this. I can't wait for Brian to just go all in on Red Hood here in a minute. So we have this. <laughs> yeah. It's we have this turmoil. Synergy. Uh, you don't know that John Favreau's not the fat Chinese Batman. He, John Favreau is a little bit, uh, does have some girth to him sometimes. You know, he, he like, like the best of us can fluctuate in weight. So maybe he is. Um, no, you know, I there's just this book has like if you if you gave me the bullet points of this book like Chinese Justice League, kid who becomes Superman, uh, it takes place in China, it references the Great Ten. Like I'm on board with all of that, but there's something about it just it doesn't do it for me at all. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm I am giving this one more issue of pirating before I'm pulping it. All right. 
Zach, pulp it. I'm pulping it. <laughs> God. I'm not even trying to be petulant <laughs> or petty. Uh, or critically I, irresponsible. <laughs> I was just kidding about that. But I'm pulling this book. Um, I, I like it a lot. I, you know, yeah, he's a dick, but it's a different kind of care. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think it's this book feels really different to me. It doesn't feel like something that Marvel or DC usually publishes. Um, so, so I'm I'm pulling it. All you, right, let's move on. I just want to say one more thing about this. I saw this reference after I read the issue in one of the other reviews I read of this issue this week, and it said that it attempts to go for Bwahaha Justice League humor. And when I read that, I'm like, oh, it totally does. And it falls as flat as Justice League 3000 did when it went for the same thing. Like, oh, to that's, harsh. that's what this book most reminds me that. of, oh. is Justice League 3000. Justice League 3000? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Why you got to do me dirty like that? I'm Solid sorry. Part. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm ready to get to get to fight with you guys, though, over the quality of Red Hood and the Outlaws, number one. Written by Scott Lovedell, illustrated by Dexter Soy. I thought this book was not as bad as it should have been. No, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, um, it's still the best Lobdell book. Y- yes, best Lobdell book since the start of the New 52. Yeah. If not since the 90s. Um you know, it's it's not the best book I've read, obviously, but it gave Jason something to do that felt very specific to him as a character. It dealt with a bit of his past, which I liked. It was, um, they're doing a nice job of giving you a little insight as to his relationship with Bruce and what it was like. Because, you know, we've never really seen New 52 Jason and and Bruce as a partnership too much. So it's nice to see that. I feel like it referenced his his origin only once in the issue, which is like four (laughs) times less than most... Jason Todd books reference the Joker hitting him in the face with a crowbar. Um, but the big reason for me that this book worked so well is I like Dexter Soy a lot. Oh, yeah. And I thought his work here was pretty great. He's It's the best that that damn red helmet has looked in yeah. forever. Um, let me, I, I want to say something about... Uh, Scott Lobdell here. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm never going to apologize to Scott Lobdell, but I will say this: we've shoveled a lot of shit on him over the last five years. We right? have. I think he was the completely wrong writer to hand over the Young Justice titles to. Yes. Like com- complete mismatch. Why? Why you would ever do that? No idea. In a million years, I'll never figure out why they did that. I think if he's going to write any book for DC, I think he gets Jason Todd. I think that's pretty much in his wheelhouse. Zach, you've been awfully quiet. I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about this. And nothing like particularly like great to say about it either, other than like what you guys have already said. Um, 
I'm, I was still a little disappointed that it was like 90% Jason Todd. I mean, it, I know we're like building up to the new team, but I kind of expected to get it a little bit sooner. Well, that's actually what I wanted to say is that, you know, like I, I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, how I, if I were running comics, I would eliminate solicitations mm-hmm. and how cool, not cool. Cause I wouldn't be that excited about this book regardless. I'm not a big red hood or Lobdell guy, but how interesting would it be if we knew there was going to be a new, new set of outlaws and the only way we found out who they were was actually in the comic. Yeah. That would have been great. Instead of like all three of them on the cover. Yeah. When like, one of them doesn't show up at all, and one is only on the last page. Yeah. And I would have never guessed Artemis as the character to join the this book, you know? It would have been very interesting. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, it's, it's not a perfect book. You know, it's still, it still has its Lobdellian touches. It still has Jason doing, like, crazy upside-down splits while shooting guns. And, you know, it's... Jason Todd's a character that was dead for a long time and then has been boring for almost as long as he was dead for. So anything they can do to make him a little bit less boring, I'm fine with. And this was a step in the right direction for that. I am going to pirate this book and I can't believe I'm saying that. Are you sure you don't want to pull it just to create a nice like symmetry? I mean, if that's what it takes, sure. I'll pull this book. All right, good. I feel thematic completeness. Um, yeah, I'll pirate it. Why not? At least until they get the band together. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll pirate it until the first, like, over-sexualized or, or like... Uh, until we have to right get... Joke. Until we have to get Labdell Bizarro speak. Yeah. <laughs> what if... What if Bizarro was the character he sexualizes, though? It was like Bizarro have tiny dick, but it's huge, you know. I mean, (laughs) come on, tell me that wouldn't be great. All right, I'm sweating. (laughs) Got the big sweat drop. Scott Lobdell. (laughs) You know he's listening. He's writing that shit down in a notebook right now. Like I gotta steal that. So, Scotty, you did it again! <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're going to do real quick hits on the um, the four other books that came out this week. Uh, Action Comics, 961, Dan Jurgens, Steven Segovia, uh, continuing the Doomsday story. Again, same as it ever was for me. I wish this battle was over already. Mm-hmm. But not bad. Ah. Uh... I think I think there's a certain point where where when you're doing the same thing over and over again, or dragging it out so long, that cromulent becomes crapulent. <laughs> like like is I can't... that the name of your autobiography from crapulent <laughs> to crapulent? My journey through the gutter. My my journey. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh god. I would actually um, reverse it because your your story is gonna have a happy ending. So from crapulent to cromulent. Thanks. I'm gonna get murdered by Dan Jurgens. The <laughs> happiest ending of all. No. Um... Oh, sweet release. <laughs> At least you'll get a rebirth like five years later. <laughs> They'll get four shitty versions of me. Come back. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. We're taking a pause here. The four Vinces. 
One of them would be the Packer Vince, who's just like a big football player uh, who just like just speaks monosyllabically about football. One of them would be the um, like the emo Sufjan Stevens Vince, wearing a trucker hat, playing a banjo, and quick to tears. Uh, one of them would be an Italian chef emoji come to life, <laughs> kissing his fingers. And what would the fourth Vince be? Just me sitting on the toilet, uh, shitting while uh, blowing a blow dryer on me. <laughs> stay, stay warm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So that's that's the reign of the Super Vince. Okay. And now reign our, of the Super Vince. Our listeners know me better than 99% of people. <laughs> that i that i know all right so um i mean is there anything to say about this series other than can we get fucking doomsday done with soon that is the thing to say yeah the ending with with that damn mr oz who they have to remind us exists every three pages yeah six his like goons on doomsday to try to push him through some sort of portal he's opened up or a door. Yeah. Um, my question to you guys is, is that they had like circular symbols on their chest or on their suits, yeah. you know, did that mean anything to you? Did you get any hint of what that could have been? Could it be an O? I thought it, I thought it could have been an O just for like Mr. Oz, you mean? Or, or for Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Yeah. That, it's not that's not some like version of Omac, is it? No, 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 no. All right, all right. I just I don't think just so at least. It's just a thought I had that I didn't believe, but I just thought I'd ask it. I don't think so, but if it is Ozymandias, it's really weird what they're doing with him. Yeah. I mean, it's not as weird as the comedian being in Suicide Squad, but you know. I think that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, it does, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, they're going to go down that route. Yeah. Um, I, I think all of us like the new Superman status quo. We just wish it was being used more interestingly in this book. Is that yeah. a fair statement? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's jamming it all into one book, which is great. That's what I want. But he's not doing anything with it. Like, right. yet, yet again, Lois and John are standing on the sidelines going, oh, I don't know. Like, are we going to be all right? And then. They get whisked away. Like, I feel like that happens every issue. Yeah, I wish this was more of the Lex book than it is. That's fair. Yeah. And maybe we'll get that eventually. I wish Paul Cornell were back writing a Lex book. That'd be nice. You figure, I mean, I get what they're going for. Like... You know, Batman is to detective as Superman is to action. Whereas they have their solo books and then their the sort of flagship high numbered title is their like is their family book. But the family book can still have more of a Lex bent to it for me. Sure. That would make me a little happier, but um yeah, I I'm I'm in the same boat I was. This is a pirate book. Pirate. Yeah, pirate. On the on the verge of being pulped. I have a little more patience for it than you do right now. Yeah, I what has it been? Five issues now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I like the ingredients. It's just not, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, somewhat similarly, we have Detective Comics 938, written by James Tynan IV, illustrated by um, Alvaro Martinez, who we've all had plenty of nice things to say about in the past, and I think we're going to have more nice things to say about here. I thought this book looked great. Th- this book is on the upturn. Yeah, th- this is this might be the best issue so far. They keep yeah. getting better. Each, each one is better than the last. This is going in like the opposite trajectory of action comics where that book started out and I was really excited by all the pieces mm-hmm. and then and then it's just dragged and got like repetitive and worse this book I was excited by all the pieces but they weren't quite adding up to anything and and now it's really coming together these last two issues yeah I really liked the um the opening segment with the the guest artist mm-hmm. who I'm not familiar with. Who was it? Let me see. Al Barrio Nuevo. Yeah, I don't know who that was either. Um, but I really liked that. That almost reminded me of like Juan Ferreira's work. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, but yeah, that was a beautiful sequence. Yeah. Uh, you know this. What I do like about this is, I think a lot of people, including my co-editor Mike Romeo, were worried that Batwoman was becoming too militarized, and I feel like this has done a nice job pushing against that. Where you see the militarization that's in her blood, but she is, but she is her own woman. Yes. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. And and. Uh... And everybody on the team are getting little moments. Like Clayface has a moment in every issue where he's yes. just awesome. And uh, uh, there's a, a really kick-ass moment with Cass. Yes. And Steph usually oh, gets yeah. a good line in. So yeah, it's it's really this is a, it's a really good book. Is there um. Is there a consensus that we're now pulling this book? I'm pulling it. I feel like I've been pulling it. I feel like we all, at one point, couldn't decide if we were going to continue pulling it or if we were pirating at that point. Maybe. Yeah, I like this book. In terms of Batman books, I mean, I it's hard to judge off just one issue, but, man, All-Star was really good. Yeah, uh, I, I would probably put it like All Star Detective and Batman, which like that's like saying, you know, like, uh, of course Batman. When you only have three things and one of them is terrible, of course <laughs> that one's gonna go last. Right. But no, this is really good. Yeah. All right, we're all in agreement there. Um, personally, speaking of really good, we have the Flash number four. Written by Ooh. Josh Williamson, illustrated by Neil Gouge. That nice, Gouge art. Nice to see him on the book. That's some nice art. I Googed when looking at <laughs> the art in this book. Not that Car- Carmine Di Gim- Not that Carmine's art wasn't nice, but this really. Domenico. Fit- yeah, but this really fits the book well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the it's the most like. It's the most like clean, colorful animated like cartoon like cartooning that there is right now yeah 
at DC. Yeah. Barry's Barry's like face facial expressions are just like so animated and like it takes yeah, a good five years like off his age too. Uh huh. Ah. It's like it's almost as if someone stole five oh. or ten years from him. Almost. Um but yeah, I thought this was a great issue. I I still think that not that something about August is is not as it appears. Yeah. That's the long game, my friends. Yeah. Although I I'm starting to think that maybe it's the uh the the Star Lab scientist lady. Oh. Yeah, I feel like not... August is way too obvious. He's and the plus they have to break our hearts by I don't want it to be the lady. I don't either because she she kissed Barry and he's happy and yeah. Yeah, it seems nice. It's got to be her. I'm pretty guys. I did like the way that the issue ended with him saying my name is Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive, which if you're a fan Uh of the TV show starts every single episode of the TV show. You know, it's obviously Uh, Iron Man anyone? Only one person. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. So sorry, sorry to derail. You. That's all right. No, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good issue. I'm I'm fully on board with the series. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling. This was a really good week. We're hearing a lot of pulls and pirates. Yeah, this was a very good week. Yeah, it was a very good week, and there was new Superman. So you know, Jesus. Well, when a, in a week where new Superman is the worst comic you read. God. Can I spin? I'm, can I through the Multiversity Podcast Network? Can I spin off the new Superman cast? <laughs> and just I just sit and talk about it. Is it was um, you and Nelson Munns talking about jerks <laughs> through comics? <laughs> <laughs> can I will talk in the comic book guy voice? <laughs> All right, let, let, let's, let's take us to the pilot, guys. We're at Wonder Woman number four, written by Greg Rucka, illustrated by Nicholas Scott. This is the uh, the third, I guess the second installment of the year one story. We see um, the the competition that leads to Diana leaving the island. What's the what's the word for this, Vince? What's the, what do they call it in Wonder Woman lore? Is it the uh, the contest? I believe it's the. Con- <laughs> I just think of Seinfeld when I think of the contest. Uh, a very yeah. But yeah. it's, what is, is is that what it's called the contest? Oh boy, it's the contest or the competition. I I don't remember. It's the exact. it's something I like it's the, the, I think it's the contest. I think you're right. Yeah, and uh, so some Wonder Woman super fan is like pissed at us right now, screaming into their <laughs> iPod. Um, but I was surprised how short that was. Like I thought we'd get a whole issue of her doing crazy stunts. You know, like well, even in the even in the old, even in the original comic, it's pretty spare is it yeah it's it's basically like she's got to catch an arrow or something (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't have to take a bullet off of her uh wristbands no no, i think it is a bullet because i think i remember reading it not that long ago and uh and i was surprised that there was actually blood okay Uh, somebody took somebody took one and and they were like bleeding from their arm or something and i was like huh that's that's kind of edgy for the 19 Forties uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty similar to how it originally played out. 
I'm looking this up, by the way. It's called... The one where Joey <laughs> takes a bullet. Is it the contest? The contest. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, sorry, Wonder Woman super fans are mad at us right now. But yeah, uh, I thought this was a good issue. I know Zach is is not super high on this book, um, but you you said you like the year one story better than the other story, right? Yeah, I do, and I enjoyed this issue. I don't know why they had to make her plane, her invisible plane, now Steve Trevor's plane that was turned invisible. That was a bit of a weird touch for me. Yeah. yeah. Vince and my reaction were exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't care that much. Just, I just felt like it was it was odd. Doesn't it just isn't it? Doesn't it just stand to reason that like them having a plane would be weird? But I didn't, being able to turn a plane invisible is not weird. I just I never presumed that this would be the point where she got the invisible jet. I guess, okay. but you know, I don't care that much. It's it's it was a good comic. It was good. Yeah, you do. I can tell. <laughs> You care? No, I'm not Rich Johnson who posted a whole article about it today. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Or how Superwoman number one was the biggest bait and switch since Thunderbolts number one for Marvel. <laughs> that was one he posted today too. Okay, what? all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm still pulling this. I'm pulling it. I thought it was magnificent. I think it's gore. I think both of both runs with, with the Liam Sharp and the Nicholas Scott are just the most gorgeous books DC's putting out. That double page spread of Diana on the horse shooting the arrow was great. Absolutely oh, yeah. great. It's it's all so good. I mean, it's no Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, but I guess it's all right. <laughs> We are hashtag on brand tonight, guys. Uh, well, that does it for uh, for this installment of the DC3, guys. If you made it to the end, bless you. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you put up a lot of idiocy tonight. This is the Eisner one, guys. This is it. <laughs> Feel it. And the Eisner for best bizarro dick joke goes to the DC3 cast. That, that moment where Vince bared the soul of his bathroom habits <laughs> really <laughs> that, it, that moment where Zach went insane and loved a uh, Rob Venditti Green Lantern comic I wouldn't say loved okay <laughs> we appreciated all... We all have scars. Yeah. Like you charlatans. <laughs> well, if you want to see us being on brand elsewhere, you can follow the three of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. I'm at VJ underscore OST. R-O-W-S-K-I. I don't feel like my Twitter has a brand. I need to work on that. But I am at SirFox89. I feel like your, your Twitter brand is... well. For a while, your Twitter brand was uh, Amiibo retweets. Yeah, it was that. It's probably about to get more Pokemon-ish. Okay. That's fair. Big new, big new Pokemon. Coming. Let me, let me analyze his account right now. Okay, Can you do that? Let's do this in real time. It's definitely been a lot of retweets. 
Tokyo Mirage. Yeah, I don't have. I've not had any original content not since, since I tweeted about Tokyo Mirage sessions two months ago. Yeah, Italian Chef Kiss. It was very uh, good. I haven't finished it. Uh, yeah, a lot of retweets. Usually, uh, video game Nintendo centric. You've got a Lego. I got really excited for Chance. Yeah, yeah, you got excited for Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Um, you're you're you want to win this Comic Con minifigure? I want that so bad. Sir and R, come on. Oh, you mean the the Adam one? Yeah, the Adam one. Yep, Palmer Technologies. That is uh, very cool microchip. Yeah, the Sir and R thing. Um, I like how this is just. Yeah, you got the you got this uh, face swap with Jurgens, which is <laughs> life changing. If if for no other reason, get on Zach's page and scroll down until you see something that vaguely looks like Jurgens. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you just followed a bunch of IGN editors. Um, I yeah, I did follow yeah yeah. If you guys can crack the code of of Zach's Twitter, let us know. It really doesn't make much sense. I mean, <laughs> if someone can tell me what my brand is so I can start building that up and really focusing on it, I'd appreciate it. I'll work with you on that, Zach, for a nominal fee. Um, my my own Twitter account doesn't it? I've got 63,000 tweets, and none of them are good except for the one that I have pinned. <laughs> the, uh, the King of Visual Thinking one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So everybody check that out. The only good tweet is the pinned one, so you don't have to scroll any further than that. <laughs> uh, I, want, I want as many faves on that one as I can get. My uh, my Twitter is made up of things that I think is funny and no one else does, so there you go. <laughs> but that's all right, because I know that y'all will join me back here next week for another installment of the DC3 cast. Good night, everybody. This would be great.